Hello and welcome to I'll Start Monday, the podcast where we look at issues we all face and ask what small steps we can take starting Monday that will have a big impact. Every day in Ireland, more than 200 people give up smoking. And with Nicorette, you could join them. Join the quitters with Nicorette, clinically proven to help you quit for good. Based on Healthy Ireland 2019, Nicorette contains nicotine. Stop smoking aid requires willpower. Always read the label. I'm your host, Keith Walsh. And today we're going to be talking about relationships, not a loaded topic at all. We're going to take a look at what we can do to make the most of our treasured relationships and what we can do to mend the broken ones. To help us make sense of this tangled web, our guest today is Annie Lavin, the Relationship Coach. Annie, how are you? I'm great. I'm here and I'm delighted to be here. Great. Well, we're delighted to have you. Tell me a little bit about yourself, your background, how you became the Relationship Coach. A lot of it is a personal journey and alongside the personal journey was a lot of educational pursuits. So I I, I worked in education for a long time and realised that I really wanted to move more in the direction of working with people in in a one-to-one capacity. So I trained and I retrained. I did a master's in psychology. I did a higher diploma in marriage and couples counselling. And yeah, lots of failed relationships along the way and lots of experiences in, in dating and, and all the rest to bring me where I am. Yeah. Right. Can you tell me a little bit about your own personal journey with relationships and failed relationships? Because we've all had difficult relationships. Mm-hmm. We've all had f- relationships that have failed. Like, why did you think this is something I want to explore more and this is what, something I want to become an expert in? For me, it was a lot about looking at other people and thinking they had some sort of magical pill that I hadn't access to. So it seemed as if everybody else was doing it right and I was just getting it wrong all the time. So I suppose what I was viewing in a lot of my friendship groups was that people were just kind of seamlessly moving from one relationship to the next. And in my experience, it was a lot of anxiety whenever I'd come to relationships. And not that I wouldn't be able to start them. Starting them wasn't the problem. It's when things became maybe more serious. It was becoming more intimate with somebody was really anxiety provoking for me. So it was at that point I would always kind of question my choices. Bail out. Bail out. (laughs) More or less. Just bail out. Just bail out. Just, just, I'm just going to save <laughs> save everyone a lot of, a lot of time, a lot of hassle. I'm just going to bail out. I'm just going to leave. You guys can get on with your lives. I, I do get that because, I mean, there, there's always that point in a relationship where it's like, okay, this is like, I'm going to get a bit serious here now and uh, things are going to have, you know, they're moving at a pace. And yeah. is it you're going to find out more about me and I'm not perfect? Is that the problem? I think on a deep level, that's the problem. I think on the surface level and the stories I would have been telling myself, like lots of my single clients, is that the other person is a problem. You know, this person isn't right for me, so therefore I can continue to stay single. So I'd always be arguing my case that it was the other person's fault so that I never had to do this scary thing that on a deep level felt so uncomfortable. Okay, yeah, because I heard somebody say recently, and I don't know if this is true or not, but I, I found it interesting. They were saying, they said, if the person you're with constantly gives out about you leaving the top of the toothpaste tube, they don't love you. Now, it seems a bit harsh. Yeah. But you're kind of like, I was like, yeah, I think there might be something in that. I feel like in my, with my wife, mm-hmm. in, in, there's times, and I've done, a, I've done a, I might have mentioned on this podcast, I've done a bit of work on myself. But there's times now where things annoy me and mm-hmm. I'm like, hang on a second, that's nothing to do with the other person. This is just annoying you. So mm-hmm. get a grip, put the bin out if you want the bin out, you know, put the cup in the dishwasher if you want the cup in the dishwasher. It's not 
Do you know what I mean? It's that kind of mm. like just being self, more, a bit more self-aware. Is that is is that does that ring true? Is that yeah? Well, you see, self-awareness helps us so much in the creation of the narrative that we tell ourselves, because the other version of your story there could be, oh, my God, the lid has been left off the toothpaste again. They're doing this on purpose. They really want to annoy me. You know, I mean, sometimes people can go to that place and it's not a bad thing. It's just that our minds are busy little places. We're kind of really the masters of that narrative. But if we're allowing it to play on endlessly and we're not aware of the stories that we're creating, we can find ourselves in dark places, which I would have found myself in terms of telling myself a story that there must be something wrong with me because I can't make relationships work. So I would experience that a lot in my work now with with the single people I meet. Alongside that could be a person who's in a relationship and maybe a long term relationship and they're questioning whether or not this is the right person for me. And they've been in the relationship for so long. How can they hurt the other person? So for a lot of people, if they're not aware or they're not giving themselves permission to feel how they feel, I think that too can be really damaging. You know, so that narrative we tell ourselves, but also maybe not allowing ourselves to drop into that true feeling. So that comes back to your point, Keith, I suppose, if if you're not really in tune with what it is that you want done in the household and you're not kind of following through with what it is that you need or you're not expressing that, that therein lies. Well, there can there can lie a problem with that if you're not if you're not speaking that truth. And I suppose we've sort of jumped straight into, you know, Intimate relationships, how would you romantic relationships? Yeah, intimate relationships is perfect. Um, but I suppose the same rules would apply with relationships in work, with colleagues, with bosses, with with boyfriends, with girlfriends, with children, with you know, is it it's 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 all the same really? Is it is is it all to do with how you how you are approaching them as a person? Is the work? I mean, when you see your clients, is the work to be done? generally with the client and not you know they're coming in going he is he is this or she is that and and does it always come back to well let's just see where you're coming from here yeah I think I think it's important that we can extend that lens to take in the environment to take in the person we're in relationship with but I think it's really helpful if we can pay attention to ourselves to have a huge degree of self-awareness but to also be able to understand why it is we may behave as we behave so that we're not so self-critical because I think there's a lot of people who can kind of turn the lens inwards all of the time and then that can be almost used as a way to punish themselves for being the problem as well in relationships. So I do think awareness is key but I also think building relationship skills and realizing that you can build relationship skills if you're challenged in a relationship, whatever it might be, you know, in terms of your parenting skills, in terms of, you know, maybe struggling to be assertive in the workplace. I I hear that a lot amongst clients, you know, this kind of people pleasing thing. They don't want to upset somebody by really expressing what it is they might want or they might need. Even people in leadership roles can describe that they find it quite difficult to delegate or to express their needs if they're working with teams. So I think I think being able to understand ourselves, but also understanding that we can acquire new skills if we're struggling in a particular area is important, too. So then tell me about if I was to come to you and I'm interested in building relationship skills, I'm not I find it difficult to connect with people. Mm. my family, my colleagues, I don't really seem to 
you know, I can't seem to connect. I can't seem to build relationships. Like, what are the basics? Where do you start from? For me, the, the biggest place is, is with yourself. So how is your relationship with yourself? People would say to me, I feel disconnected. And I'd probably say to them, well, well, how connected do you feel to yourself? Are there any occasions where you do feel connected to yourself? So coming home to that is important. A lot of people are really out of touch with who they are and what they might want. And have they ever felt connected? You know, if you've ever had experience of feeling connected with somebody, you might use that as kind of like the, I suppose, the example by which we sort of work back from. So what did it feel like when you were feeling connected with one person ever in your whole entire life? And what what were the ingredients about that connection that felt quite nice for you? For a lot of people, it's been seen, it's been heard. And I think in relationship, people are not always so so good at that at speaking, giving the other person a chance to come in, to share, to acknowledge, to see the other person. It sounds very basic, it sounds very simple, but I think those kind of skill sets, they're not taught. So it's quite difficult for us to ever pick them up unless we're, as you are, interested in, in learning more about yourself. Yeah, because we learn how to get on with other people from our peers, from our parents, from our or, you know brothers, exactly. sisters, cousins, whatever. That's that's where we, 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 yeah. just, we just pick it up. Yeah. We never actually, it's never actually taught. Yeah. I mean, I find it f- fascinating. I'm with my wife. I know my wife about, I think we worked it out the other day. Like we, we know each other about 35 years. Like we, we met when we were 16. Mm-hmm. And it's been a fascinating journey in that, like we both came from two separate households, both came with different ideas as mm. to how things should be and, you know, how we sh- how we should get along and how we should you know jobs within the household or you know how we talk to each other and respect and all that kind of stuff now we're together for longer than we were ever at home we have our own way of doing things now that we've developed over time together which has been an amazing thing because we've had our ups and downs but ultimately Mm -hmm. we've kind of come to this place but you know looking back on what we were like when we when we when we started off it's 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 a clash yeah If, if we're talking about two people you know having a, an intimate relationship together mm. moving into to the same house together yes. that's a, that's an absolute culture clash isn't it oh my goodness yes and to have been t- to to be together since you were 16 you've kind of grown as well together i'm sure but yeah i think i think one of the biggest complaints i see when couples come to me is that i want you to be more like you, me can't you be more like me that's generally what people kind of struggle with a lot of the times when they're in relationship. And then it comes back to that lovely example you gave us at the beginning about the, the toothpaste and the cap being left off, that you can start to accept, OK, this person is different, but different doesn't have to be bad. And can I accept that in them? Which can be really hard. Mm. You know, we, we make it sound really easy, but actually that's that it's kind of that little stuff that can really grate on you over time, I think, when you're in such close proximity with people, which we have been particularly over the last 18 months or so. Oh, I said, I'd say mm. there's people out there driving each other mad. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's insane. So how do you make a judgment then when it comes to, is this person, do I love this person more than uh, I love having the toothpaste put away properly? Or like, how do I differentiate between this is just something they're doing that's annoying me, but like the other stuff they do is so much better than how bad this annoys me. Do you know what I mean? How do you yes. make those judgments? That can be difficult, I'd imagine. Well, even as you're saying it now, I'm wondering, well, how do you make those judgments? I guess it's by having that kind of 
evaluative sort of mindset where you're able to see this for what it is. This is a smaller, much smaller part than the whole, which is all of these other wonderful traits that my partner has. This is just a behavior maybe that they engage in that, that kind of annoys me from time to time. I think we've not sweat the small stuff so much, but it's the small stuff that can become insidious. I suppose if we can understand what might be at the source or at the root, if there's some if there's a number of little things that continue to bug us, can we drop into, well, what's below that? Mm. What is below that? Is there something that I think is happening whereby I'm not expressing myself here? Or can you work it out by actually speaking it through with your partner and say, I'm really unsure why this is bothering me so much but are you willing to just hear me out I'm not blaming you but I just need to try and understand this okay mm. right <laughs> this is it's it must be so I just imagine it's it's a minefield like it is a minefield it, because you're dealing with people mm. you know as I said come from different backgrounds they're going to clash and yes. and and they don't even know themselves well enough to even be able to understand the other person that's it what are the things then that you encounter? What's the, the most common thing you encounter when people, you know, come and, and, and chat to you about their relationship? Oh, and that's the thing, you see, although we can be so similar, we can all be so different in terms of how we are brought up and our relational traumas and then how we perceive another person maybe injuring us on some level, you know, when we suffer in relationships. So it varies from person to person. But when I'm just trying to think of like couples that I'm currently working with, I'm thinking of people maybe who might be struggling with the way their partner engages with the extended family, how they maybe the ways in which they choose to spend money, sex or any number of things. It literally the list is endless. Like you said, it is a minefield. But I think the most important thing is, can I understand my 50 as well as I can so that I'm bringing, like you said earlier, you know, yourself and your wife coming together, you you more or less co-created your reality and your household and how you guys do things. And that is really how I imagine most people try to do things. But the problem comes in if we start to compare ourselves against other people and start to say, shouldn't I be more like them or they seem to be doing this differently? And should we be able to do that? Shouldn't we be able to do that, too? So I think that causes suffering for so many people when we start to do that. But if you can just stay with, can I understand myself? Can I understand my needs? And can I build the skill of communicating what it is that I need and becoming a little bit more emotionally intelligent can I understand myself can I look inwards can I can I even identify what emotions I'm feeling I think for lots of people that's very challenging because again it comes back to schooling we never learned anything about emotional uh, regulation we never learned anything about how to be in relationship with other people I mean how magical would it have been if we could have learned some of those topics in school rather than I'm not dismissing some of the, you know, what we learned we may have needed, but I can certainly think of lots of things that I've never, ever, ever needed that I was taught The one thing I've learned from doing this uh, series is that there's lots of things we should have been taught in school that we weren't. Um, And and maybe maybe things need to change there as well. Could you, without getting into details, could you give me an example of a couple that you were proud of that came in with a particular issue and sort of, you know, after a few weeks resolved it and you sent them on their way and it was kind of a good, you know, I mean, I'm sure it happens a lot, yes. but just the, the the journey, for want of a better mm. word, from, from when they come in, you know, 
with a particular issue and yeah. then you're able to work through it. Well, the big thing for me is if, if I can see that a person is coming in saying, you know, we're, we're challenged in this particular area. Can I can I understand this particular topic more? Can I upskill and can, can we then try and use those skills more regularly so we're able to kind of have a better quality of life together? So that is pretty much my everyday work when a client comes in what is your goal what are you hoping to achieve what's the problem here and then we work to kind of meet that goal every session so when I think of examples of clients there, there's lots of them but I can think of one particular couple who stand out in my mind and they would have been coming in probably um, in their late 50s and they were telling me a story of how a lot of things up to this point had been swept under the carpet so on the surface there was very much a couple who were appearing to be fine with one another but but really that fine with each other you know and so it was difficult because in this case one of the partners was very much she, she would shut down when the other partner wanted to speak and to share what was really troubling him so the more he kind of pushed for her to speak the more she was shutting down so what we really needed to to do in that case was to allow the woman who was shutting down to understand that this shutdown was actually really made sense given where she had come from in her childhood, that it didn't feel safe for her to actually speak up in those moments. But instead of shutting down for her to be able to word that and to say to him, listen, I'm actually struggling right now to be able to answer you. Can you give me maybe 15 minutes so that I can regulate myself and come back to you? So all of this was pretty much role modelled by myself and her partner in the counselling room. And then she was better able to kind of understand herself and in the long run, the two of them were able to understand what was happening in the dynamic. So that changed quite a lot for them because then he was able to actually feel like he was being heard instead of feeling as though she just doesn't care and she's she's not listening to me. Yeah. So I remember thinking that was that was pretty special because they had kind of had this ingrained pattern that had been built up for years and years. So there was lots of love in the relationship, but there was this kind of fundamental problem that kept sort of tripping them up. Yeah, it's that's that's fascinating because like it's that honesty, isn't it? Where she, but she can't tell him why she's doing the thing that makes him feel that she doesn't care about him. Yes. When in fact, like she really cares about him and yes. wants to join in this discussion yes. slash argument slash whatever mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. validate his feelings and all that. But she actually can't because of her past and because of maybe something that was never discussed. And then, and then once that is resolved and once that you know once you peel the carpet back and everything's out in the open. It can just, I'd imagine, just change. Like, it, it, relationships can flourish. Then yeah. you're just like, oh, my God, this is like, yeah. yeah. It just breathes life into a relationship because it's really where intimacy can grow. When we can share and be vulnerable with one another, it's where we can become more intimate, where we can feel closer to the other person. But it's very, very difficult for us to grow in intimacy if we don't know ourselves enough. So if that lady had continued as she was, she w- she didn't have any language really to articulate what was happening for her. She just knew this is deeply uncomfortable. But when you can support what's happening to you through science, polyvagal theory would explain why she was in shutdown mode and ways in which she could move herself out of that again. But in the absence of that, it can be that old story that we just spoke about where the man feels like, or in this case, it was it was, it was a male partner, was feeling, um, yeah, really disconnected in the relationship. Mm-hmm. Wow. This, this this whole thing of counselling and help and being able to go mm-hmm. to somebody to help with your relationship, like the fact that it's there and very few people, you know, take take the opportunity to do it or mm-hmm. to find out. Like there's lots of people out there that are struggling and will continue to struggle. Mm-hmm. And almost like, I, I, I mean, I don't, you, you're the expert, but like what is it that prevents people coming in and 
as you said, like you've got that issue with that couple. Mm-hmm. It's I don't know. Is it an Irish thing where we just we don't want to tell, we don't want to talk about our feelings with a stranger? Is that does it come down to that? Yeah, and in my experience, it's it's been the case that sometimes when a couple will show up in front of me, one of them, and in a lot of cases, it can it can be the male partner, may think, well, this is the end of our relationship. This is the final step. If I'm going to if we're going to see a relationship counselor, this is obviously you know, the end. And generally it's not the end, you know, it can be the beginning. And yeah, I mean, I think that's something that it upsets me that that not enough people are able to access all of the supports that are there for them. And it can just sometimes take a few sessions to kind of break free of an old pattern or to just understand something in a new way. You know, like if a, if every person understand their attachment style, I think that would give them so much freedom in terms of this now helps me understand why it might be difficult for me to communicate or for me, in my case, it would explain why sometimes I can be a little bit avoidant or a little bit anxious in relationships. It doesn't make me a bad person, doesn't mean that I'm failing in relationships. It just means that's my particular style of relating and it won't be so good for me to partner with people who are also anxious or avoidant. Mm. There's a, a thing that I do sometimes uh, where I will go to the shops to get something and I'll just leave the house. <laughs> and It might take me about an hour and a half to get the thing that I went out for, which is a, lo- a loaf of bread, which should only take me 10 minutes. And then my wife will ring me about like an hour into my my <laughs> my, my my trip and be like, um, where are you? And then I'm like, why are you always checking up on me? Why, like, can I not just go to the shop? You know, and I'm almost like... <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, I can see what I'm doing and I can I, I, I don't react but I, there is that sort of like will you just leave me alone can I not just go to the shop for an hour and a half to get bread you know she's clearly worried that I'm dead in a ditch somewhere you know but it's it, it, that's one scenario that yes. sort of happens quite often in can you can All you can you pull that apart for me is that I mean is it totally normal are we okay are we are we are we destined for the for the, for the divorce court. It's so funny you should share that, uh, Keith, because when I was coming in the cab, I said to the uh, taxi driver, you know, I'm doing this podcast, it's about love. You know, can you, what are your feelings? And, and he said, well, I just say yes all the time. But he also gave the example of if we were in each other's space all the time and we were nitpicking on one another, our relationship wouldn't survive. And he feels that that's the problem in most relationships. So the example you're given is perfect. And it also ties in with Esther Perel's belief. She is somebody who I'd see as quite a role model um, in terms of her work and, and some of what she speaks about. But she claims that space in relationships is really necessary for desire to be there. So if we're constantly on one another, it's going to grate on us. It's going to be problematic. So how can we create space in our togetherness? Which, of course, has been the question I think everybody's been asking over the last 18 months. We just got out to Tesco for an hour and a half. There's loads of space down there. <laughs> Simple answer. There we go. But I, but I, w- I would say, and, you know, this isn't all about me, but, you know, I'm going to take the opportunity while, you're, mm-hmm. while I'm sitting in front of an expert. Like, we have been quite good. At, and, and, I, and I would always say that our relationship is good and w- we've lasted long because we've moved towards different things at different times. Like, we've been allowed to grow personally within the relationship. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I didn't expect Suzanne to grow with me in a certain direction and she never expected the same like as I said like there's ups and downs there was kind of Mm -hmm. clashes there was difficult moments there was difficult periods but we worked through them and that was just literally well I'm actually into this now and I'm going to start doing this a bit more and I'm actually going back to college to do this and I'm actually you know almost like our development as people Mm. uh, happened alongside the relationship not because of the relationship or not in spite of the relationship, yes. but we we both just kind of grew as as people. And I, 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 apart from when I got into Tesco, I honestly believe we gave each other enough space, you know. 
And I love that you've defined the difference between physical space and emotional space, because to me, that's what you're describing in the second part there. You know, the Tesco experience is, you know, physically finding space in our relationship, but then the emotional space to grow where we do our separate projects or we do whatever we need to do to feel fulfilled. And I think that's the I think that's that's space in a greater sense of the word, isn't it? Am I am I giving you enough space to be who you truly are, to grow in the way that you need to self-actualize if we're using Maslow's terms? OK, Maslow. So what's the best relationship advice you've ever been given? Oh, that, I've, I've asked you. I've, that's a big one, Keith. You could have given me the heads up. That's a curveball. <laughs> a bit of a curveball. I think I think it comes back to knowing yourself. You know, can I I don't believe you, you you know you have to know yourself fully to be able to love another fully. I'm not necessarily saying that, but I think the biggest love advice you can give you know I could receive from anybody is that love isn't just um romantic love where I'm with another person. Love for me as I understand it, it's an action and in my life, it's been very much about showing up for myself and trying to understand myself, even in those really difficult times when it can feel like there's nobody else there, that you're still able to kind of show up for yourself. So I don't know. That's not really answering your question. No, I think that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Be, learn learn about yourself. Turn inwards. Yeah. yeah turn, and I yeah. think that's the greatest gift you can probably give a partner as well. If you can do that work, maybe in advance of getting yourself into another relationship, people can think, oh, you know, the next thing, you know, for, for me to feel fulfilled, I need to be in a relationship. But you can actually create fulfillment in your life without a partner as well. But of course, you know, that isn't that isn't the societal norm. So people don't always believe that that to be that to be a truth. Yeah. And I suppose that doing that work on yourself or w- as a couple it can save a lot of hassle down the, down the line. Yeah. I mean, like, the, 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 I could never have an affair because I just don't, I wouldn't be able for it. I wouldn't be able for the, the, the stress, the anxiety. But also in that, like, I, myself and my wife always say, like, we, we just stick, we're just together because we just couldn't afford to be apart, you know, so we have to make it work. But like there's but there's lots of good reasons like we, we feel it, I mean, what's your experience with people who feel like, as you said, like they turn up and they think, well, this is the end of the line for mm-hmm. us. You know, we're, we're this is we're we're, we're finished. This is a lot. We're just just coming to tell you that as a couple, we're finished. OK, that's why we're here. So the sliding doors is like, like they go through door A, they separate, they go about their own way. They have two households. Maybe they've, you know, they've, they've, they've yes. kids to consider. Then there might be, you know, separate families, which which can work out and, and, and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. And but sometimes it can be a very difficult path to take, whereas I presume there's a path there that where couples have turned up and said, well, we're finished here and actually have taken the other path and can be easily resolved and um, and lead to a more harmonious life. And I know it's not possible for everybody because some people just need to, you know, leave. Mm-hmm. And that's but but when that's not the case, you know, the effort you'd put into to separating and living somewhere else, it might be worth putting into your relationship. Yeah, yeah. It's it, isn't it very much an in, in, in individual case by case basis, really? I think both people have to come motivated. It's very difficult when one person comes to the counselling room when they're kind of pulling and dragging another person along with them, you know, because generally that won't work. You know, both people have to feel like let's both show up here to give this our best shot. So even if we think this is the end of the road, how about we just go do these counselling sessions, coaching sessions, whatever it might be, give it another six months, give it another whatever length of time you feel you have to breathe energy into the relationship and see. But yeah, sometimes acquiring 
a new skill set can be that new thing that you just need to do to be able to to breathe new life into the relationship. I mean, mean, even people who can come to me and there's an infidelity in the relationship, there's still there's still an opportunity to be able to move through that and to heal through that. So I think anything is possible if two people are in it. You know, if two people believe this is worth saving or this is worth working on, then yes, there is a chance. People who are separating, that can just be be deeply, deeply upsetting for them. But for some people, it's also, you know, a, a new way to breathe life into 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 their life by breaking up with somebody and starting afresh again. And sometimes it's 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 certainly necessary. It It, it is about where both people are at. So so let's look at that as well. Like if you've done all the work and you feel like you've done the personal work and, and as a couple, you've gone to counselling like uh, and outside of intimate relationships, but like relationships with friends, with with family members mm. where you feel like whenever I'm with this person, I feel sad or they, yes. I feel upset afterwards. Mm-hmm. This is not a good relationship for me to mm-hmm. I need to not be friends with this person. Yes. I need not to call around to this family member anymore. I'd imagine it's very difficult to decide that this is the right decision for me because yeah. I've done the work and I just don't need to be with this person anymore. Yeah, yeah. How or, do you make that decision? or how, how? Like, yeah, it's a great question because what you've described there is a person who has to have enough awareness to know that they're feeling not so great when they're in company with somebody or that they're feeling not so great after they leave company with somebody. So the awareness has to be there in the first place to be able to to notice that. To make a decision that that it's better for you not to be around that person, that is your prerogative. You know, if you feel this is not a good relationship for me, regardless of the fact that it's family, you have to make some good decisions for you. Or maybe it's a case that it doesn't have to be so black and white, it doesn't have to be so catastrophic that perhaps I limit the amount of time I spend around these people. Or is there a chance to see this person as a teacher and to be able to kind of drop down into what is it that this person's triggering in me when I feel this way? I believe actually most people that come into our lives are teachers in some way, shape or form. And it's also helpful when you're single to also think of the people that you meet whilst dating, that they also can be great teachers for you, that it doesn't necessarily mean that once you meet your life partner, that, that that's the end of your growth or that's the end of your journey. I think no matter what relationship we're in, there's always an opportunity to grow if we have the mindset of growth or we have the op- you know that kind of open mindset rather than this rigid one that we should be this way. I just think there's quite a difference when you come with that kind of thinking. I had um, a young guy get in touch with me a while ago and he I was talking at the time about going to therapy and how good it is and everyone should do it and himself and his fiance were about to get married and he got in touch with me and he said look this he didn't get into specifics but something he had a trauma from his childhood that he had mm. never discussed with anybody and not his fiance and he was worried about heading into the marriage mm. having not discussed this with her and I was able to I had a chat with him it was all online I was able to have a chat with him and I put him in touch with somebody to talk to and he went to counselling about it and he was able mm. to talk so before they got married he was able to share this thing that he had never talked to her about and I remember thinking this is such a great way to head off into married life with everything on the table because I'd imagine people must turn up with things in their past that they just haven't discussed Mm -hmm. with the partner and I think any of those things that we kind of have locked away or hidden away we can start to build a story of this is a shameful thing that's happened you know if we don't reveal it if we don't give it a voice and I think actually voicing some of the things that we think are big dark secrets about ourselves to somebody that is trustworthy that you know we 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 feel will be able to hold a space for us is deeply healing 
Yeah. So, I mean, obviously that was a lovely experience for that guy to have been vulnerable enough to have shared with you and for then you to have done the same in return, you know, to kind of link him in with somebody who could have supported him through the sharing of that piece. Yeah, because I just feel like, I mean, it, it must happen so, so often that people just yeah. are in relationships for years. And because if 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 you're if you're in a in a marriage or in a relationship in an intimate relationship, you'll sense there's something. Yes. You won't know. You'll you'll believe it's you. You'll believe it's a problem with you. Mm-hmm. But it's something that the other person has never just to, just never told you about, and something they're dealing with on their own. And to go into to go through life within a relationship, just being on your own, sort of dealing with this thing. And to be able to share too is another opportunity for them to create more closeness in their relationship. You know, he's going to be vulnerable with her. And hopefully she'll be the person who'll be able to hold that space for him. And in turn, there's more closeness developed. I think if we're if we're kind of sh- showing up in relationship and kind of just keeping it to the surface level chat and everything's fine and so on, so on. We don't ever get to those darker, deeper places. And I, I, I believe that's where we need to go if we want that that kind of a close relationship where it feels like there is depth between two people. Okay. Yeah. Specifically, very quickly, if you can, how can men show up better within relationships? Oh. Um, from your experience, okay. what are the common mm. mistakes we make within relationships? See, that is a big topic. Um, <laughs> it is a big topic. That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> it might be. It's one that's close to my heart because I, as much as I think women are challenged. I also think men are too, especially in this toxic masculinity space where it's in kind of an endorsement that men just don't express themselves and they don't, they're not emotional and they have to do, they have to do and behave in all of these ways to be accepted. So none of those ways are really going to support them in creating healthy, intimate relationships. So they're missing out and we're missing out in straight relationships that's kind of where I'm coming from when I'm speaking to you now but I did a research piece when I was doing my master's on men who'd experienced suicidal ideation and so many of them when I interviewed them it was due to this kind of toxic masculinity construct that they they were adhering to so strongly that they didn't feel they could share when things were so so troublesome for them because they felt if they were to do that with people who were closest to them that that would show them in such a poor light that it was actually part of the reasons why they felt they wanted to end the pain that they were going through which was to take their own lives so yeah I think at the very extreme end that's what can happen coming out of this but it's kind of a it's a social problem more than it is an individual problem but I think like every social problem if you can come back to questioning and challenging these things you can be in a better place so yes coming back to what you can do about that would be to 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 learn about yourself a little bit more and to question those things that may feel like, you know, you should be more man or, or, or these types of expressions that are kind of, you know, yeah, man up, that grow kind of pair. Yeah. 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 And also trust your partner, I suppose, and trust that she will want to listen to yeah. you and, 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 and will be happy for you to be mm-hmm. to be honest. OK, this is the big the big finale, taking all of what we've discussed into account. What small steps or step could our listeners make this coming Monday to improve the state of their relationships? Mm -hmm. So come back to creating awareness. What can you do to create more awareness in your life? So, you know, a lot of the experts suggest that we practice mindfulness. So that can be one thing for you to do if you want to enhance self-awareness. Another thing I would say to people is to watch your self-talk. So many people have really harsh inner critics. So if you can bring more attention to how you're showing up, 
to relate to yourself, that can sometimes have an impact on how you're relating with other people. So if you could just do that one thing to kind of become more self-compassionate to yourself, just notice if that over the long term has an impact on how you're relating to other people. To also then maybe thirdly, take a look at what can you can control in the relationship that you're in, if you're in a relationship at the moment. And is there a relationship skill that you could learn about a little bit more if you're struggling in that department? So three tips would be look at your mindset, create self-awareness, look at your self-talk and yeah, just just take a little bit of self-responsibility around how you can change maybe what you can in your relationship today. Wow, so it all comes back to yourself I'm back afraid. to yourself once again <laughs> we've done a few of these and it's always I like know. When it, whether it's finance or fitness it's like yes. well, you need to come back to yourself thank you very much Annie that's it for another episode I hope we've been able to inspire you and help you think about what you can do to up your relationship game starting Monday we'll be back next Monday with Ronan Kennedy to talk about careers <laughs>